Ride through the city like Brennan Shop. I'm on a mission to get it all. Ride through the city like Brennan Shop. If you ain't thick, please don't get involved. And now, Brandon Thick Boy Shop. What is poppin' thickies? It is July 18th, Monday morning in Calabasas. Just cracked a fresh, cold DC. Not a sponsor. <laughs> One day. One day, man. We'll get there, Chin. Mm-hmm. We're young bucks, dude. We're so young, man. We're just getting younger, too, dude. It's cool. You know, just two young guys. Yeah. We're looking swaggy today, dude. Thanks, bro. Matching. Mm-hmm. Single. <laughs> Can you step up your fashion game, dude? Yeah. I get it. I get it. The joggers, the dope kicks. Why not? Yeah, I'm not mad at that outfit at all, Chin Chin. Thanks, bro. Uh, Your boy is fresh off the plane from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Never been out there. Um, I would definitely go back to Fort Wayne. Some of these, uh, the coolest thing about my gig is I get to travel all over and experience all these different cities and towns and stuff like that. And Fort Wayne is a uh, thick city. Uh, Fort Wayne is, uh, it's like a small community. And they're just like, uh, they appreciate you going there. And uh, not a ton to do. Not a ton to do. Not going to lie to you guys. Some great restaurants. The local, uh, uh, I think, Triple A baseball team. The Tin Hats. Or Tin Cats. Tin Hats. The Tin Hats. <laughs> Your boy wore the jersey out there. Um, the club is called the Summit Comedy Club. Same owners as Brickstown Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. And they own the Spokane Washington Comedy Club. Um, and they own Tacoma. And they're just, they're great, man. Um, but when I was out there on, what was it, Friday, uh, I get, yeah, Friday, I'm sorry, Thursday, this young man named Jacob. This young man named Jacob, I think he's 22, 23 years old. He's very young. But he works for at security at the Helium in Indianapolis, which is a newer club, Helium Club. And uh, he, he sat in traffic, and he drove three hours just to meet me and come to the show. And then he stayed after to introduce himself. And you can tell, you know, he's a young kid, and he's um, – yeah, I, I, I don't think he struggles with confidence. He's just a bit of an introvert, you know? And uh, he was saying how big of a deal it is for him to even introduce himself and all this stuff. And they told me he's a comic and how hard it is for him to get stage time. And I said, dude, you drove three hours just to say hi to me? He goes, yeah, man. And I go, and you're a comic? He goes, yeah. And he was telling me how he can't get up. I go, how long you been doing? He goes, a little over two and a half years. I go, very cool, man. I said, well, um, you want to do a, a set uh, Friday? You want to you know, you know, come do sets? And he's like, What? He's like, hell yeah. I'm like, all right, dude. Anybody who's willing to drive six hours to introduce themselves um, and take that chance, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you a shot, man. So now don't get it twisted. We posted a, a video of this kid doing the damn thing, and he had a hot five minutes. I asked him, and usually whenever you ask like newer comics, like how much time you got, they're like 30 minutes. You're like, okay, you don't have 30. But this kid was like literally one second past five, and I'm screwed. He's like, I have – five minutes nothing more nothing less five minutes dude and i'm like well you're honest this is a good sign i've done this before and obviously i don't we don't blast it out all the time i you know i always like to give people chances because so many people took chances on me so i try to pay it forward 
Sometimes it doesn't work out like this. We've had it where it goes awful and the person lied and they haven't been doing comedy that long or um, it's just they're cussing a lot or they, they have just bad material or whatever. But this kid, you know, he, he works hard and tries to get up when he can and he crushed it, man. Straight up, five mm -hmm. minutes, crushed it. You just see after that first show, Mark was there, his confidence went through the roof, man. He was like so appreciative and you know, he just he's just a good dude, man. He's a really, really nice kid trying to find his way and uh works just a regular job. Just works, you know, a, a nine to five regular job and then does security at night at the helium. And then uh hopefully this gives him a little boost because he absolutely crushed it. Uh you guys can follow him. His name's Jacob Kendall sixty nine. I don't know why he has that sixty nine in the end, but <laughs> <Maybe that's> whatever. <laughs> um yeah, so it's uh he Really? Yeah. Wow. Dang. That's cool. Yeah. So is you can follow him at J A K O B K E N D A L L sixty nine. Um That's super cool of you to do, man. I love I love seeing stuff like this. Yeah, just a really, really good dude, man. Really, really good dude. It but that's the thing, everyone around there was cool, man. Everyone was cool there. That's uh, uh Tin Caps. Yeah, that's me rocking the the uh the single A, triple A jersey there, and there's Mark snuggled up. I know what is that? Mark is <laughs> just grabbing her by her big yeah. uh, brazier. Um, yeah, he's such a good dude, man. He's such a good kid, and hopefully, this gives him the boost to freaking keep it going. You know, mm -hmm. that's what you want to do, man. Because you know he's had a, a tough go. He's a tough go, and um, he was great. And then also um, the other guy's named Tyler. Tyler, was it Tyler, right? Uh, Alex, Eakin. Alex Eakin, that's right. Alex Eakin. Alex was, uh, he's been coming out, I don't know, seven or nine years. But he's like the, you know, he's the go-to comedian in Fort Wayne. He rides and dies for Fort Wayne. He'll like <laughs> shout out the freaking area code and shit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but he, you know, he's a, he's a veteran. He was, he was great, man. He was also our tour guide out there. Showed us, he couldn't be more excited to show us around Fort Wayne. He was all about it. Such a good dude. Gives right at the airport at freaking 4 a.m. I was, uh, your boy stayed up 24 hours. First time I've ever done that since college. When I did in college, I got very sick. Stayed up straight up 24 hours and made it back to, um, you know, get back, man. Oh, I was just reading that comment. That's oh. cool. Uh, the, the guy put, I put, uh, 24 hours, uh, haven't done that since college dad life. This guy goes probably just caffeine, strange thoughts, fueling your brain right now. At least you made it. You ain't lying, dude. My, uh, my two year old is obsessed, obsessed with the, the car show in Malibu. Mm -hmm. He wakes up and he goes, Papa car show, Papa car show. I'm like, it's on Sunday, dude, <laughs> Monday through Saturday, Sunday morning, every single, it's all he talks about. So if we miss it, he's gonna be furious. So uh had that 6 a.m. flight out of Fort Wayne. And we got stage around one-something, and then we came back and was just like, all right, well, we got to be picked up in three hours, you know? Yeah, screw that. And your body's just like, nah, I'm going to give you anxiety about missing your freaking flight. Let's just stay up. But yeah, I was, I was uh, fueled by a ton of coffee, a ton of coffee, and your boy made it through the – through the day, <laughs> made it through the day. Head to the All Star Game tonight. Home run derby taking the little man. Uh, the All Star Game is in Los Angeles. 
Uh, anybody else uh, have anxiety about uh, big events with all this uh, active shooters going on? Here's the thing about that. Obviously, the media, and when it happens, it's awful. But the chances of it happening are not good. You know, they're mm -hmm. not good at all. But I don't know. This stuff freaks me out as a dad. You know, it's the first thing I think of when someone's like, hey, you want to go to the, the home run derby time, bring your son? I'm like, gosh, so many people, man. You know, I feel like those places are probably the safest. But nothing really happens in those places. It's yeah, like I'm the places. least famous guy on the field. So <laughs> they're they're protecting like freaking, you know, John Legend. So I think I'll just run behind him. I feel like I'll just grab my kid. Or I'll, I'll toss my kid John Legend. Like protect yourself, you know. So we'll see. That stuff stresses me out. But uh, yeah, busy week, dude. We got a big announcement coming for Thick Boy. I'll let you know when we can announce it. This is. Uh, it's going to be cool. So we have a big announcement coming for Thick Boy Studios. And then uh, Wednesday night, I will be at the Hollywood Improv, Shop and Friends. Um, it's the 10 p.m. show. We're doing the late show because I hate doing stand-up when it's bright outside. So um, that is the 10 p.m. show at the Hollywood Improv. It's Trevor Wallace, Eric Griffin, Anthony Jeselnik, and a guy that rhymes with Bis Babia. So, um, yeah, we have some big dogs, man. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really fun. Can't wait. And then Thursday, your boy heads on out uh, driving down to uh, San Diego. Literally, I shot my first special for a reason. It's one of my favorite places, if not my favorite, to stand up. San Diego, Laugh Factory, the heart of downtown San Diego. I'm at the Laugh Factory Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And that is this week. Get tickets at thickboy.com. San Diego, come support your boy in the summer. It's a trash panda tour, so come get some. Then Baltimore is August 4th through the 6th. We got the one night in Chicago at the Den Theater there, Friday night, uh, I think 7.30 show in Chicago. And the next day on the 27th is the Thick Mutter. So go to toughmutter.com on the 10 a.m. on the 27th in Chicago. Come run with the Thick Boy Squad. Limited capacity there as well, so... Um, make sure you get you some right now and come run the, the Tough Mudder with the Thick Boy crew, man. It's going to be a good old time. Take a little break, kids. Taking a break. So we have breaks. So I'll be in San, San Diego this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Laugh Factory San Diego. Get your tickets at thickboy.com. But I will be in San Diego performing at night. But during the day, man, we have one heck of a UFC fight night action. It unfolds in the Octagon in London this Saturday. Get your own win with DraftKings. That's right. The daily fantasy partner of the UFC, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC. Feel the thrill of every jab, kick, takedown while you play for your share of over $1 million in total prizes. Playing daily fantasy MMA is simple. Draft your lineup of six fighters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for strikes, advances, KOs, and more with a stacked fight card this Saturday, plus a shot to claim your share at over $1 million in prizes. You'll experience the UFC fight night London like never before. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Don't miss a shot to take down stacks of cash during UFC fight night London this Saturday. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code SHOBSHOW, that's S-C-H-A-U-B, SHOW, to play fancy MMA for your share at over $1 million in total prizes. That's promo code SHOBSHOW this Saturday at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey, man, uh, you guys are sleeping on awful mattresses. And you're like, man, I don't get it, man. I just, I can't get right. It doesn't feel good. I've been sleeping on the same mattress since I was a kid. 
oh, where'd you get it? Just your normal mattress store. Well, listen, that mattress is built for every Joe Schmo out there. You need a little Helix Sleep. That's right, Helix Sleep. They make custom mattresses just for your thick body. All you got to do is take the quiz, takes two minutes, and then they match you up with the perfect mattress just for you. Are you a side sleeper, back sleeper, tummy sleeper? You sleep hot, cold, helix sleep, they got you covered, man. They make the mattress that you need in your life that's not built for every Joe Schmo out there. It's built for you. Helix Sleep was even awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019-2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. I have them at my house. I can't get rid of my in-laws. Can't get rid of my friends. I was like, oh, they just love me. Nope, they love my mattress because they get a great night rest, all right? Just go to helixsleep.com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you with your perfect mattress, and they will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free, all right? They even pick it up if you don't love it, but you will, so don't worry about that. Helix is offering you guys up to $200 off all mattress orders and free pillows. For all the listeners and viewers of the shop show, go to helixsleep.com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B. That's helixsleep.com slash shop for up to $200 off. Now let's get into some fights, dude. That's why you guys are here. Let's get into some freaking fights. You had fights over the weekend, and this one I was able to watch from top to bottom because uh, it was started at, I think, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Pacific. Yep. You know, so I was on East Coast time in Fort Wayne, which is weird. It's East Coast time, right? Not weird. Not surprising. We're three hours ahead of you guys. Very strange. I didn't realize where Fort Wayne's at, man. I didn't realize it's like not far from Chicago. It's not far from Ohio, Detroit. Like so many people came from all these spots. I'm like, what is that? Like a two day drive? They're like mm, hour and a half. I'm like, we're an hour and a half away from Chicago. They're like, yeah, dude. I'm like, oh my god, I had no clue. We're gonna post my bit on uh, Rudy this week because uh, Fort Wayne is like, I think sixty miles from the University of Notre Dame. So uh, I do the green room diaries. And I write a joke in the green room and then perform it at the top of every show just for that certain city. And then we post those for you guys. So this week it's it's Indiana, but it's based off Notre Dame and the movie Rudy. And that will be out very soon. It's a fun one. Team's editing it together now. It's a fun one. If Rudy sees it, he's going to be best. <laughs> what can you do? Uh, but yeah, I was able to watch all the fights because it's at such a weird time. It didn't make sense because... This one was weird to me. I, I, I'm curious what the viewership was like fighting at that time. But it's in, I think, Long Island. And you have two Mexican fighters in the main event in Long Island. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have put it anywhere. I mean, you could have put it in Arizona, Texas, California, anywhere else. Anywhere with Latins. But it's, the crowd was loud. And I think it was the biggest gate ever in that arena. Wow. The most tickets ever sold. So... The UFC's like, shut your pie hole. I'm like, no doubt. You're doing well. All right. Um, fights were good, man. Fights were good. Um, I'll tell you what, and I told you guys this last week, but Dustin Jacoby, man, I think he's won nine in a row now. Um, this kid is a problem. He's a, a Colorado boy, trains out of Factory X, and, uh, you know, stand-up is off the chain, off the chain. So he uh, – He's interesting because this is his second stint in the UFC. His first one, he 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 lost both fights. He lost uh, another Colorado product and Chris Camozzi, who I came up with. Shout out to Chris Camozzi. He lost uh, two fights in the UFC, and they went, we're all set, buddy. So then he goes to 
Hoosiers Fight Club. That must have been a disaster for you. And then he goes to Cage Fury, World Series of Fighting. Um, you know, he fights David Branch there. Tough fight, loses that. Then he goes to CCW, Titan. Shout out to Lexington Command, who owns Titan. Then he goes to Bellator, loses uh, to Mo Muhammad. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Muhammad uh, Lawal. Shout out to Muhammad Lawal. Then he loses John Salter. It's a tough fight. Bellator goes, we're all set. He goes, all right, cool. I'm going to go to SCL 74, <laughs> King of Sparta in Golden, Colorado. Shout out to Golden, Colorado. Great bear out there. Coors. Coors. Ever heard of it? Coors bear comes out of there, guys. So he goes there. He fights Cody East. Cody East is a Greg Jackson's product, and he uh, his brother's Tyler East. Now, I think uh, Tyler is dead, and I think Cody's in prison currently. But I used to train with those two savages with John Jones back in the day. Those guys make John Jones look like Mother Teresa. They were out of control. I once had to spar Tyler East on cocaine, and you've never seen anybody with better cardio. You've also seen, you've never seen more spinning back fist and spinning back elbows during a sparring session. Mm. He was trying to take my head off. And I get down, like, oh my God, that guy's cardio is fucking nuts. What is Lance Armstrong? Coach was like, he's on something different, my man. And I was like, oh, protein? I was just so naive. I'm like, what? What the acai bowl? No, you'll figure it out one day. Your boy figured it out. And I'm 39 years old. And I was like, oh, wish I had some. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so he goes on fight Cody's, right? He gets one win. And then he gets on Dana White's contender series. He gets on there. He fights Ty Flores. And it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Again, his background is kickboxing. He's a tip of the spear, uh, skill-wise kickboxer. He fights Ty Flores uh, and wins in Dana White Contender Series, and they give him a shot. They go, and it was a little, you know, Dana White Contender Series really isn't for older guys like who's, who have tried for the, the younger bucks or guys who are trying to make a name and get into the UFC. It's a much better feeder system than the Ultimate Fighter. Not even close. I don't even know why they still do the Ultimate Fighter. Nine people watch, and it's very expensive to make. Um, but ESPN's like, we'll take it. So, um, you know, they give him the pass, which I was surprised by. Thank God they did because I've always been a fan of him. They give him, they give him the pass, right? And imagine this guy. He's older. He's not young. I, I want to say he's like 36. Uh, look him up, Jen. 34. 34. You know what I'm saying? 34, Fort Morgan, Colorado. He's not, he's not young, but they give him a chance. Mm -hmm. And thank God they did. This guy goes on to win including the Dana White Contender Series, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights in a row in the UFC. Imagine if they never give him a shot. Imagine if Dana White, just too old, man, we're good. Then Jacoby's entire life changes, dude. But now, dude, he's won seven, and he's a father, good dude, for not, like dedicated to, to freaking mixed martial arts. Had a, uh, was a, a college quarterback, I think Juco, but still college quarterback, call, uh, I think also a basketball player, had Division One offers, decided to you know, fight. So he's super gifted athletically. Mm -hmm. um, you know, seven in a row in the UFC at the light heavyweight division. You know, so, and, and they're not getting like toss ups either. Like he's fighting tough guys. Like that Da Eun Jung was a monster. Yeah, he was. He was a monster. He looked yeah. good too. Mm -hmm. Was he Korean Chin? He's Korean. He's fucking big, dude. Wasn't he big? Yeah, undefeated. Jay, time. Yeah, undefeated and like not the best matchup from this supposed to fight previously. And then finally they made it happen this time. What's interesting about him is 
Jay's like, what is that, the biggest Korean you've ever seen? And I said, him or the guy who plays for, is the uh, guy who plays for Anaheim Korean too, or is he Japanese? Oh, the Japanese. Is oh, he Japanese? Shohei Otani? He's fucking enormous Super too. tall, yeah. But that, uh, that uh, Da Eun Joon, um, I was telling Jay this, I'm like, think about it, he's 6'4", he cuts 205, he probably walks at 230, yeah. dime piece. <laughs> Bodied up too. Yeah. Good looking dude. Got a little confident, hands down, got... KO. Super. That's his biggest problem. He's Double jab, awkward. right hand. Zigoosh. Your boy gets 50K. So uh, Jacoby's going to get, um, he's going to top 10 guy now. Like he's he's there, man. Mm. He, you know, his, his wrestling grappling is going to blow your hair back. But if they give him the right matchups, just like anybody, unless you're Kamar Usman, you know, there's those elite guys who can do everything. But if the UFC wants his story to be told, they can give him the matchups to get him to the title shot. And I hope they do. I really hope they do. And that's what's going on with the main event this weekend, UFC London, which we will get to. It's all about who the UFC wants to be champ because there's way less um, challenges for certain guys depending on matchups, depending on what the UFC wants to do. And they gave both the guys the worst matchups, but we'll get to that. Um, so my MVP is uh, Justin Jacoby after hearing that story. Hopefully you guys are more of a fan of Justin Jacoby. Hopefully he's on your radar. And hopefully they quit putting him on the goddamn prelims. He's had some decisions, but the, the dude is stand-up-wise, dude. Technical as shit, great story, great father, monster, dude. He's fun to watch. They give him the right matchup. He's going to light you on fire. Uh, the one that broke my heart was my boy Jack Shore. Yeah. Jack Shore, we love. King of the Sting alumni. Mm -hmm. we, he always supports us. We support him. He's such a talented kid. Uh, and they give him Ricky Simone. A lot of people thought it was going to be, you know, fight of the night. Good fight. It was a bummer to see, you know. But also, I'm a Ricky Simone fan. If you know, Ricky was the one guy who had the Theo Von Mullet for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Cuts his hair. Kind of like that pseudo 80s, like, you know, Kurt Russell, you know, uh, Escape LA vibe going on. But he's, he looks so much stronger than Jack Shore. I know. Like he just looked like, you know, he just looked like he's there. Yeah. Now, th don't feel too bad for Jack Short. Like, Jack Short's young. He has all the talent in the world. He just has to go back to the drawing board. You know, that, that uh, arm triangle choke was uh, pretty savage. So, you know, Ricky Simone's been doing it a lot longer. He's more of a UFC vet. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll get there. He'll get there. So, uh, for, for, for Ricky Simone, he's just a veteran. You know, it's his time. For Jack Short, head up, brother. Head up, and that is one, two, three, four, five in a row for him. And uh, he, you know, before he stumbled upon two losses to Uriah Faber and Rob Font, which is nothing to hang your head about, and also Rob Font was fight of the night. He's beat some fucking monsters, dude. Monsters. This was a very tough matchup for Jack Short, where he's at, you know. But Jack Shore, it just shows you where the UFC thinks he's at because. You know he's he was undefeated. He he was he went into the fight sixteen and zero. Obviously lost this one. Um, I I thought this was too much too soon. I would have liked to slow it down a little bit. You know, mm -hmm. Reese Simone's been there with your favorite. He's beat top top echelon guys. You know, I would have liked them to slow it down a little bit for him. But it shows you where Jack Shore's at. And if I know anything about Jack Shore, and this happens with all great fighters, is you have these speed bumps to get you ready for the push to get yeah. a title shot like this will get him ready this is what he needed certain guys need that like if you look at francis and gone over steve the first time francis thought he was just gonna walk through him as he's walking to the octagon he looks at dan and goes get the private jet ready and Dan's like what the fuck no private jet then he gets molly right 
So, but think how much better Francis has gotten from that fight. He's gotten so much better. Ridiculous. Um, so, head up, Jack Shore. We love you here, man. Um, what else do we have going on? You obviously have the great comeback fight. Everyone talks about it. It was good. Poor Misha Tate. It's a tough pill to swallow if you're Misha Tate at her age. You know, Lauren Murphy did the goddamn thing, showed out. Uh, Shane Burgos got the job done. Uh, Matt Schnell is the one everyone's talking about. We're just getting dope. just yeah. fucking. It was like a Rudy story. Awesome comeback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Great comeback. Comeback, you know, comeback of the year for sure. Your boy Jingling's back. Killed it, huh? Yeah. Good for him, man. Mm-hmm. I thought his confidence was fucked. But he was like, <laughs> hold the fort and beat the shit out of Muslim. Um, uh, you know, for Misha Tate and Michelle Watterson, there's very uh, common things going on here. You know, they're both older, later in their career. Losses at this stage is a huge setback, you know. Um, I think for Michelle Watterson, you know, she's really an atom weight. She's light for the division. Amanda Limos is a savage, such a savage. So they're not doing Michelle any favors here, man. They're just not. Um, you know, so for Misha and Michelle Watterson, I think the love for the game is there if they still want to do it, um, depending on how much the UFC is paying them. But as far as a championship run, it's going to be tough for both of them now. Very, very tough. And the main event, um, you know, Yair and Brian Ortega, they, uh, they they obviously have so much respect for each other, and there's a friendly relationship there, which I think hurt them, which we'll get to. But they both vowed to, you know, show their true Mexican bloodlines and fight like Mexicans, and they did. They came out firing. Um, Brian Ortega, after the fight, wanted to say he was winning the entire fight until his shoulder popped out. I didn't see it that way. I thought on the feet, Brian was in a little bit of trouble. I thought there was a speeded, huge speed advance for Yair. He was landing. I know Brian Ortega has a chin, but you only have so much chin. You know, if to do that for five rounds would be very tough. And he's been through some wars, and which is why he's had all these injuries, and which is why he hasn't fought nine months, and he has these long layoffs. Um, and for Yair. He just looked like the fresher fighter. And then, you know, obviously, the, if you are on Brian Ortega's side, which I am 99.999% of the time, you know, it was going his way as far as getting the takedown, and that's where the fight starts. But then he gets that takedown, right? And Yair goes to an arm bar. Yair goes to an arm bar, and they, you know, they stop the fight, and everyone's like, oh, run it back. Brian Ortega hurt his shoulder. I text the group, and we only get the time of it. I, I don't know which experts in the MMA game. I think Kenny Florian might be the only one saying this. Um, as soon as that happened, I text a thick boy chat and you can only get the time. As soon as that happened, before they even gave out the, the de- uh, decision um, from the, from the commission and the judges and all that, I said, Oh, that's a submission. That was a submission. That was a submission victory for Yair Rodriguez. And what's going on in the game now is, I don't know who the analysts were. I think it was Anik, DC, and Felder. Yeah. But I think if you had more of a jiu-jitsu perspective, Rogan has very good jiu-jitsu perspective, Dominic Cruz. Um, those guys would have noticed what was going on because if you notice, the reason this should be labeled as submission victory for Yair Rodriguez, and don't get it twisted in any facet. Nobody loves Brian or take it more than I do. I love, I came up with Brian. I knew Brian, you know, I cornered Brian before his fight in the UFC. When he fought in some small show, I cornered him. Um, I love Brian Ortega. Me and him did camps together. I fucking absolutely love that kid. We did that awful movie together with Shia LaBeouf, okay? Um, and he almost beat Shia LaBeouf up. But, 
you know, I, I told my brother, so I know, hopefully Yair's not so friendly with Brian that he goes, oh, yeah, let's run it back. That's such a shame. Because if I'm Yair, you have about 30 seconds when they hand you that mic to paint the narrative. Mm-hmm. And that narrative goes worldwide. And once you do that, that's your moment. If you miss it, it's over. You can say in the press conference that it's not as powerful. If you do it right when DC hands you the mic, you change the entire narrative. Because my narrative, if I'm his team, goes, hold on, that was submission. Because think about it. If Brian did that because he's so well-known for his jiu-jitsu submission skills, you know, we all think he's the best in the division, um, or some would even say the best submission artist in the UFC, you know, there's Charles Oliveira would have an argument for that because of his finishes. But as far as straight-up technical jiu-jitsu, his name's T-City, comes under Henry Gracie, you know, he's basically born in the jiu-jitsu gym. I think if Ortega was on the bottom and got this, uh, people are like, that's a submission. But because it's Yair doing it to Brian Ortega, who is a jiu-jitsu expert, we go, oh, Brian's shoulder must have blown out. Well, let's talk about that. If you break it down, what caused the shoulder to blow out? Now, Brian Ortega's coming off two shoulder surgeries, and he's he's because of his fighting style, and he goes so hard in the paint during training camp, You know, he's rough on his body. So you're getting these long layoffs from Brian Ortega. Do I think his shoulder would have popped out if he didn't have shoulder issues and the shoulder surgeries? No, but he does. So what made his shoulder pop out? Did it pop out from, and we've seen this before, like Korean Zombie who throws a punch and his shoulder mm-hmm. throws out and they got to stop the fight? Well, that's on Korean Zombie. Nobody caused that. Korean Zombie decided to do an action that led to him not being able to fight. In this case, and Yair and Brian Ortega, the action that caused Brian Ortega to tap out and stop fighting was an action of offense from Yair Rodriguez. The action of the arm bar, which the initial setup of the arm bar is, is in the legs. It's in the legs that provides the pressure. So you can't, because the, the number one defense to uh, defend an arm bar is to stack them, stack them and lift up and get your arm out of there. But you control their posture with your legs, heavy on your legs. When My son's learning it now. To do that, you, you, they tell you it's like claws. You're really heavy on the legs, so they can't raise up and get out of the submission. Well, Yair's pressure was so hard, and the way, if you look at the arm bar, it was almost uh, Kimura-like. So a Kimura is going to be, obviously the elbow's in trouble there, but all the pressure's on that shoulder. And that's an offensive action from Yair Rodriguez. Because Brian Ortega has bad shoulders, it caused that shoulder to pop out, which technically that would be a submission. It'd be a shoulder submission. But because, and I'm not saying DC and Anik and Paul Felder don't know jiu-jitsu, but at the highest level, you would know that in that compromising uh, position that Brian Ortega was in, there's so much pressure on his shoulder, that technically would be a submission, but it's not very common so you just go oh he fell back and hurt his shoulder i went oh that's a submission i think most jujitsu practitioners or people that are black belts in jiu-jitsu would consider that a submission mm-hmm. but the average fan goes oh brian uh, hurt his shoulder fell back yeah, but why did he why did he blow out his shoulder why did the fight stop again if brian threw his shoulder out when they're in the middle of the octagon and he does and he misses and hits air doing an offense position and throws his shoulder out, stop the fight, threw his shoulder out, that's on Brian. The only reason Brian's shoulder came out of socket and he was unable to continue the fight 
was due to an offensive submission tactic by Yair Rodriguez, which to me is clearly a submission. Whether he taps there, falls back and taps, it doesn't matter. The only reason that fight was stopped is because Yair Rodriguez got Brian Ortega in an arm bar. And because you guys didn't see him tap because his arm was going to break, which is in most cases, he tapped because the pressure was so intense, it blew out his shoulder, which would be a submission right away. So for people who go, ah, oh, this is a horrible ending, I'm like, no. This is, if I'm Yair, I get on that mic and go, God, that, listen, all respect to Brian Ortega, I, I can't believe I submitted him. Dana, I need $50,000. I just submitted Brian Ortega, T-City black belt, dude. The champ couldn't do it. Max Holloway couldn't do it. I just finished Brian Ortega, T-City with submission. Where's my 50K bonus? Then call out the champ. Get on there. Where you out, Vukunovsky? I just submitted Brian Ortega. You couldn't finish him. What's up, bro? Boom. We're off to the races. That's the narrative. But instead, he's humble. Oh, yeah, we can run it back, man. We'll see what happens. And then that's the narrative. Nobody's talking about this now. I'm like, oh, you missed such a key opportunity. And you know, it's not even talking shit. That is exactly what happened. There's no other argument. There's absolutely no argument. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to end all be all here. I'm telling you, man, it's very evident. The only reason that fight was stopped is by an offensive movement of Yair Rodriguez locking in an arm bar. And because it wasn't traditionally finished with pressure on the elbow, it was pressure on the, el on the shoulder, people go, oh, Brian blew his shoulder out. Huh? Well, why was his shoulder being compromised? Because Yair Rodriguez locked in a savage armbar. And the armbar, the angle was so weird, it's almost like a Camaro where there's so much pressure on that fucking shoulder. Brian Ortega has bad shoulders. Who wouldn't take advantage of that? That's something you would even consider during training camp. We know he has two bad shoulders. You lock in a submission, you crank on that fucking shoulder. I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. You know, and then now the narrative, you know, Brian Ortega, definitely a bigger star, bigger fights in the UFC. He gets in the press conference, goes, sorry, guys. I'm sorry this happened. I can't believe this happened. Hopefully, I don't have to have shoulder surgery. And was like, ah, it's such a shame. That main event such a shame. Meanwhile, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana going, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know him well. I know Izzy, his wrestling coach. I should call him. Dude, while he's not, dude, tell, fucking get on any mic you can say that was a submission win. At, demand a title shot. Now you don't do that? The UFC, the, now the near, even Dana's like, <clears throat> Dana's like, it's not what we were hoping for. I'm like, you got to finish a submission win over Brian Ortega. This is insane. What's the narrative? Oh, Brian blew out his shoulder, man. The main event. Such a shame that happened like that. If I'm in the air, I'm like, run it back. I just submit you, dude. Imagine if I didn't submit you. I would have knocked you out. I was winning on the feet. If I'm in the air, I'm, I was dominating, dude. Had the speed advantage, striking advantage. You took me down. I submitted you. What do you want to do? Run it back for what? What do, you, what do you want to run back? I'm moving on. I'm moving on to the champ. Win another fight, and then we'll talk. Nope. Yeah, whatever you want to do, man. Can't believe it happened to your shoulder. It's such a shame. It's such a, I wish you, your shoulder didn't blow out for me submitting you. And now you're like, and you know, Volkanovski is going to have surgery, I think, on his hand. He's out with a broken thumb or whatever the fuck it is. So he's out for a little bit. So now they're talking about an interim title with, between him and Josh Emmett, which I love for Josh Emmett. 
we love Josh Emmett here. He's, you know, shop show alumni, mm-hmm. nice guy in the world. Um, best case for Josh Emmett. Couldn't be a better case. If you're a Josh Emmett fan, you're foaming at the dick right now. Couldn't be a better situation. There's no clear-cut winner because Yair didn't take advantage of the situation right after he submitted Brian Ortega. And, you know, it's up in the air. Bokunasi's out now. So it's like they're not going to wait that long. They owe Josh Emmett a title shot. We all know this. So Dan's going to be like, I'm down for an intern belt. And I'm also one of the few who I don't mind intern belts. The more belts, the merrier. Make more divisions, make more stars, give out more belts. The fighters have more leverage. Give all the belts to everybody. I like them. Um, so now you're probably going to get Josh Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez. Unfortunately for Brian Ortega, again, who I absolutely love, so be cool. Uh, for for Brian Ortega, you know, if your shoulder is that big of a problem, it's going to be, you know, you're already, the issue is, is, you know, he has some miles on him. He's like an NFL running back. NFL running backs have, you know, Four to six years max if they're badasses because they're so beat up. That's Brian, Brian Ortega is an NFL running back. He's taking so much punishment. He's known to take shots. He's known to give you great fights. When he got to a certain level, his toughness, which we all love, and it gets him through some you know amazing uh, performances, but that, that comes with a cost, man. So now he's lost three out of four. He's lost three out of four. He lost to Max Holloway, very bad. He beat Chan Sung Jung. You know, but think about this. He takes the UFC by storm, right? He comes out and he goes one, two, three, four, five, six, six freaking finishes, six fight win streak, KOs freaking Frankie Edgar in, uh, you know, at the end of the first round, submits Cub Swanson, you know, submits Clay Guida, you know, with that knee. Uh, blow submits Diego Brando black belt with a his, his signature T city. Everyone loves Brian Ortega. He has the long flown hair, blue eyes, big dick, killing it, <laughs> killing it. T city's the man. They go here's Max Holloway. He gets destroyed. He gets destroyed. Yeah. He takes two years off. Two years, right under two years, about about ten months. He takes ten months off. They give him the Korean Zombie. He's not young. He's got some miles on him as well. He beats the shit out of Korean Zombie. Cool. Everyone seems to be doing that these days. They go, you're ready for a title shot. Here's Volkanovski. Volkanovski kind of beats his ass. He got him in those submissions. Close one to win, to, beat, to finish Volkanovski. Outside those movements, that wasn't a very competitive fight. He ate some big shots, but he's so fucking tough. Then they go, all right, here's... Yair Rodriguez and he gets submitted and that was also after another year layoff you know mm-hmm. he's just not he, it's, 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 if you're Brian Tate it's tough because these long layoffs man the division has to move on and there's killers in the division so you know you lost three out of four I would say you got submitted um, and this isn't you know, usually anybody who I have a close relationship with, and I've told you guys since the jump, I'm super biased. But this is, to me, as fucking clear as day that was a f- fucking submission win for Yaya Rodriguez. Easy, easy work. Anybody who knows jujitsu knows that's a submission. Clear as day. But they don't take advantage. DC gives them the mic. Super humble and which is great i love that i actually prefer that than trash talk but you have to have some confidence and call out the champ 
Now nobody's talking about it. Now you're fighting, you know, Emmett for an uh, interim title shot. Nobody's talking about it. It's a bummer. Mm. Yeah, so if it was a broken arm, that'd be, that'd be considered a submission, right? Like an arm bar break it? Yeah, because most of the MMA community is not familiar, or especially the casuals, aren't familiar with the positioning of that arm bar setup and the mm. pressure on the, on the shoulder. Yeah. It's that initial clamp down and the torque. That's what happened to the shoulder. And then if it wasn't bad, if there wasn't pressure, why did Brian Ortega pull out? Why was he defending? If it wasn't a submission attempt, why would he even attempt to pull out and blow his shoulder out? If there's no pressure. If he's comfortable, why not just sit in it? Yeah, there's a lot of fucking torque on that shoulder, man. Blew his fucking shoulder out. Ended the fight. Yeah. Clear as day. You know? Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Yair Rodriguez. Uh, hopefully, Brian Ortega heals up. Hopefully, he doesn't need surgery. Once those shoulders pop out that easy, it gets dicey. You know, that's mm-hmm. some miles on him. But phenomenal fighter, one of the best, you know. I'm sure he has a big future, and he'll heal up that shoulder and be back and get a big fight. But if he has uh, surgery, you'll get at least another year layoff. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Let's take another little break. I'm in San Diego this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Take it to thickboy.com. San Diego, see you soon. Now listen. Y'all need to take care of yourself, man. You got to. And it all starts up here. It starts in the brain. If your brain's not right, you don't feel good. The body's not right. You got to take care of your brain, man. And that's where my friends at BetterHelp, that's right, BetterHelp got you covered, man. It's online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat on only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I think you should if you're up for it. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. 48 hours. I have a therapist. It's life-changing. You're talking to real licensed professionals that help you navigate this crazy world that we're in. Maybe it's stress as a dad, a husband, whatever it is. Work. You got to talk to a professional. Help you untangle all this craziness we go through. Anxiety, whatever it is, they're going to help you with it, man. But you need a professional. And that's why my friends at BetterHelp got you covered. And you guys get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B. That's BetterH-E-L-P.com slash shop. You know, a lot of y'all started off this summer with some fitness goals. You're like, man, I need a six-pack. I need to tone up these shoulders. I need to get a chest. I get this bird chest. And you don't know what you would need to do to get there and reach those goals. You're like, I'll just go to the gym and look up online how to get swollen ripped. I'm too thick. Well, guess what? Your boy's here to save the day. Because FitBod, FitBod, are you kidding me, man? FitBod is a smart workout app. It gives you custom tailored workouts just for you to keep the burn going all summer long whenever you're ready to go. All right? Whenever you're ready to go, it's there for you, man. It's there for you. You can do it wherever. If you're on the road, if you're in a hotel, this app is designed for you. It's your own personal trainer on your cell phone. Imagine that. How much would you pay to have a trainer make a custom plan just for you? Workout to workout. That's what FitBod does for you, man. You set your goals, all right? And then as you're going, maybe you're going too fast. You're you're gaining momentum. It's going to change. Customize just for you. FitBod Smart Workout app creates a custom dynamic program based on your goals. Not every Joe Schmoes, your goals. 
based off your experience and the equipment that's available to you. All right. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to build your best next workout and maximize results. This just isn't random. It's custom for you to get to Shred City. One way ticket. FitBot. Get there. All right. Crush your summer fitness goals. Stop messing around. Just guessing if you're doing the right thing. Take all the guesswork out because FitBot got you covered. All right. They're personalized workouts that are built just for you. It's to help you improve and reach your fitness goals. Get 25% off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at fitbod.me slash shop, S-C-H-A-U-B. That's 25% off your subscription or try it free at fitbod.me slash shop. All right, Jim, what do you got, buddy? Uh, real quick, Ryan Garcia also fought over the weekend. I didn't see the knockout. I know you got a knockout. Yeah. You know, Ryan Garcia is uh, kind of this new wave. He's also not as active, and he will pull out of fights. Um, and again, I don't know how bad his mental health is. But, uh, you know, Ryan Garcia is a guy. Someone asked me this. Uh, I forget where I was at. Maybe I was at the Hollywood Improv. Some fan goes, uh, hey, man, is Ryan Garcia as good as they say is, or is he just famous because he's so big on social media? It's a combination of both. He has all the skills, and he's also very famous. He's like Justin Bieber if Justin Bieber could fucking box his ass off. He looks good, talks well, huge on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's this new wave, and I'm not right or wrong, where he'll pull out of fights or take long breaks because of his mental health. Yeah. I don't know what he struggles with. I've been on his podcast. Um, he's been on ours. You know, I've talked to him, the nice kid ever, uh, such a talent. You know, the mental health thing, it's tough. It's tough. So when he does fight, it's it's tough to it's tough to go all in on him because you know he could pull out of a fight. You know, and if, if is is the mental health thing if the if there's a lot of pressure on him, does that cause mental health? Like what exactly is triggering these horrible mental health um kind of issues for him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anxiety. Has opened up about previous month regarding his battle with anxiety and mental health. Uh, in fact, his mental health battle got so bad that the Southern California native had to pull out of his uh, July uh, fight last year. Yeah, you know, he talks about it on DAZN, and um, he's so talented, man. He's so talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he gets the help that he needs. The anxiety, though, that's part of the gig, you know? It's part of the gig. And uh, he, uh, he called out, uh, uh, I think, um, uh, Devin... Haney too, which I don't know who's going to beat Devin Haney. I, you know, you look at Ryan Garcia and the speed and the power that he has. Um, Danny, uh, you know, um, Haney, I think would uh, probably win that fight via jab. Boring decision. His, his jab's the best I've, I've I've seen in I don't know how long. You know, mm. probably since George Foreman. The, the kid's so fucking technical. It's insane. You know, so we'll see if that happens. But if he struggles with anxiety, you know, there's going to be a lot of anxiety going to that fight. Yeah. I think he called out Gervonta too, which would be crazy. Yeah. But those are the fights that we want to see. Those are the fights that need to be done. Um, It's just with Ryan, you just don't, you know, it's it's, it's tough. And hopefully he figures it out because he's fun to watch, man. Super fast. Oh my! Yeah, you guys would know. I mean, if you're not boxing head, you'd see him, you see him all over social media. He punches, you know, Francis Ngano mm-hmm. in the stomach. It, that's his thing. You go on a show, he punches in the stomach. <laughs> I want to show via Zoom, so I think he punched in the stomach. 
I was doing the Would you let him know if you were actually in the studio? Yeah, sure. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, this is probably the biggest news. Oh, this yeah. was fantastic. Charles Oliveira is on Makachev. UFC 280 for the vacant title. And we recently just had uh, Michael Chandler on Food Truck, which airs next week. And he was saying, you know, he's in an interesting position. I kept calling him cash cow, and he kind of gets shy when I tell him that. And I said, you know, you're the only guy I know who they're talking about fighting Connor and Nate Diaz. And both of them are down for the fight. And I think the UFC is going to do one of those, if not both of them. And then he goes, it's tough. It's like, do you take those money fights and build your name? Or my goal is to be champion. And the only way to be champion, you know, is I'm not going to beat those guys and get a title shot. So the quickest path for me is to fight Islam Makachev. Beat him, they can't deny me a, another shot, even if Charles is the champ again. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. If I beat Islam, who's the boogeyman of the division, I get a title shot. So he's like, I'm trying to figure that out. Figure it out. No, no, no. You fight Nate and Connor, make all the money. He's a new dad again, so he has two kids. Make all the fucking money. Take all their fan base. Take all the fame. Beat both of them and then go for the title shot. That's the move, dude. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's manager is, but there you go. But I'm, they know this. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This is an easy path. So when this fight got announced, I text Chandler on Saturday. I go, perfect. Means you're getting the money fight you need. I hate you wanting to go for Islam. Let Char let's find out how good Islam is. Let Charles be the first one to test the waters. You don't want to be the guy that does it. We don't know on Islam right now. We don't know. We know what he's been capable of so far, but... You know, his biggest test against Darius, Darius like snapped his fucking ankle. So we, we don't know where Islam's at. Let Charles, let's let's find out against Charles. We'll find out against Charles. We'll find out. Yeah. Great fight. <clears throat> Phenomenal yeah. fight. And here are the opening odds. Kind of crazy. Minus 255. You know, for Makachev, yeah. For Makachev, yeah. Charles Oliver is a, the champ. Who's the champ? What are we doing? Everyone knows he's the real champ. So the champ is at two, plus 215. So that means you bet 100, you win. $215 um, to break even. You bet 215 to win 215 So uh, I'm sorry to win 100 So, um, you know, a lot of these times when Vegas does these odds, they just want to get your money. They're trying to get you to put more money on Charles Oliveira. Not a terrible bet on Charles Oliveira because the verdict is still out on Makachev. Now, um, you know, anybody who trains with Makachev tells me how fucking talented he is. Everybody. I've heard it from everybody. So we'll see. We'll find out. What do you think, Jen? No, I think it's a great fight. You betting on Charles Oliveira? I feel like if it does go down, Charles has enough submission skills to do something, but Makachev seems super, super strong, so I don't know. Yeah, he's like the anti-jitsu guy, you know, with, with mm -hmm. that Dagestanian combat, uh, you know, master of sport black belt. So I think it's a great matchup, though, overall. Oh, yeah. my God. Couldn't be a better matchup. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm all about it. Yeah. And uh, Volkanovski... He's been talking about going up to 155, so he would want the winner of that fight. He's gonna be out for a little bit. Then you got, you know, you have an interim champion at 45 between Emmett and Yair Rodriguez. Uh, if I'm Volkanovski too, you know, unless Yair like blows the fucking doors off of Emmett, there's not a ton there as far as uh, superstardom. So. You know, again, we're going to find out a lot about Islam in this fight. Um, you know, if Charles were to beat him, him versus Volkanovski is fantastic. Yeah. I don't like the Islam fight for him, just based off what I've seen Islam so far, even though he hasn't been battle tested. Um, but the Charles Oliveira and uh, Volkanovski fight makes all the sense. 
especially with Volkanovski. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Nate Diaz was on MMA Hour, and you said that the UFC is not offering him fights, right? Somebody's and, and, lying here. Yeah, Because sure. Dana says, we're offering him fights, and Dana goes, we can't hold anybody hostage because mm-hmm. my job is to offer fights. It's their job to take him. If I don't offer him fights, they, they, pay him. they have to pay him yeah. or let him go. So anyways, that's what he said but here. Nate says a lot of shit. Like Nate right now is playing the game. You know, his fan base eats it up. I look at him and go, what? He's like, I want Francis or Izzy. He's like, Those are the only viable options. Yeah, you know, I don't know. At this point, it's like, you know. Yeah. And uh, Jake Paul also chimed in. Do you know the Trid White degrades Nate Diaz to the media and then in private gets on his knees and begs Nate to stay so they can try to revive Conor McGregor? Get on your knees and beg you, old oh, fuck. <laughs> so he says, in the last nine months, I've been offered zero fights. I've asked for five legitimate opponents. Yeah, I'm surprised they just don't give Michael Chandler. Chandler's down. Nate's down. That's but what I think. So I don't know what's yeah. going on in the, ba- in, the, in, the, uh, in the background there. I don't know. I would assume the UFC's offered him fights. Yeah. That's what I would lean towards. And Nate's also saying that they're trying to get him to sign another contract. So he doesn't want to do now, that. Now, to Nate's defense, they could be offering fights and be like, hey, the only way you fight Hamzat is if you find another six-fight yeah, deal. See? And Nate's like, nine, not doing that. Mm-hmm. Or they're saying, hey, we have a matchup for you, but you got to resign. And he's like, no, just give me the one fight and I'm out. So I, I, I bet you there's Dana's story, Nate's story, then the truth. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in the middle. I, you know, somebody's lying, 100%. Yeah. And this is just Dana White calling Jake Paul a pay for pay-per-view turd and I, mean, I get what he's saying he goes wait hold on you're fighting a guy who's coming off a loss yeah why wouldn't you fight tommy uh morrison jr who beat the guy coming off a win yeah that's what he said yeah and he calls steven steven espinoza a weasel thing yeah he hates him yeah and then I love this thing. He goes, I know you guys like to ask me stupid shit, but this is not what I do. I'm at the point, all this stuff going back and forth, it's silly for me to even fucking talk about. Yeah. All right. So this was interesting too. Kamar Usman says, after the Leon Edwards, Edwards fight, when he wins. I saw this. I don't get it. He's so small. Yeah. Jumping two divisions, right? So small. Yeah. But that's what he wants. I, like him versus Yuri. It's like, what? I know. And that's him next to Jan. I mean- He's huh. not that small. God, that fucking vest is lit. <laughs> that and then just all skin underneath is sick, yeah. dude. You know, give a body you have to have to pull that dude, off. Dude, he's dude? freaking one of the best bodies. I mean, there. Look at him. Super. His lower body is what's not light heavyweight. Yeah. His lower body is, you know, lightweight, one fifty five. <laughs> look at that guy trying to get the action in the back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that matchup's not like crazy. And uh, Jan's a big 205-er, really big. Yeah, I wonder the, how. The power would be an issue. Jan's power, but then the speed, cardio, the movement of Camaro, you know? But I, you know, I, I don't get it jumping up two weight classes. Yeah. I wonder if the UFC's going to be down to do that. And his, he has like. I'd love to see him try. Oh, horrible news. Yeah. Horrible, horrible news. He probably has one or two fights left. And this is after Leon Edwards, mind you. Yeah, which is already get through super Leon tough. First, which is very tough. Yeah. Uh, so you know how uh, Yuri Prohashka called out Glover Teixeira for his next fight. Uh, this is uh, Jan Blokovic responding to him. 
Jan is the biggest challenge. Your words respect you, champ, but the Samurai Code was not upheld. And then with Glover, it's a matter of honor due to show pure fight. This is more than a challenge. I mean, Chael said it best. Like, dude, you're going to call it a 40-whatever he is fighter? 42-year-old, like, yeah. That's not the move. I'm a little bit on that. That's already too. won. You've already won. I know it was in your best performance when I came out and said the reason I was the fight of the nights because they both had shitty nights. Mm. I think Yuri beats him. It's his easiest fight. That's what Yuri's doing. You want the biggest name, uh, easiest fight possible. That's what Yuri's doing. Yon's the tougher fight. Yeah, and I want, I want to see the Yon one way more. Me too. What do you got, Chen? What else we got? All right. So Daniel Cormier was doing like a Twitter interview with Monster Energy. And then he was talking about if he did come back, he wouldn't go back to heavyweight because he lost there. But he, still, he vacated the light heavyweight belt, so he would actually do light heavyweight if he ever returned. And then he says right here, hey, Dana, you think I could fight Yuri for the title? Hey, Dan, you think I could fight Yuri for the title? Yeah, yeah, that's a good matchup. For, like, light heavyweight now is the time when DC would absolutely dominate. Or like a, a vintage Gustafson who fights this Saturday, they mm -hmm. would dominate. Yeah. So he says, if, if it ever happens, it better happen soon. I'm 44 years old. Then he says Randy Couture won the championship at 45, so it's not impossible. I dig it. I wish they would. If Daniel came back. But the UFC is like, you know, you're just going to win the title fight once and dip out. Yeah. It just screws the entire division yeah and just makes everyone look bad i'd love that for dc though yeah check this out so the warrior movie they're going to do a tv series and daniel cormie's going to be in it oh sick yeah and this is what he wrote on his came from lafayette louisiana to bring lights of the octagon now i take on hollywood i teased a while back but not to reality thanks to paramount plus and lionsgate truly honored excited for this next chapter of my life good for dc killing man. it dude these boys are crushing it yeah um, so Darren, so at first, you know, he had to pull out the Hermanson fight. Mm -hmm. It was an undisclosed injury, but then it turns out it was, uh, his knee. Like mm -hmm. he has issues with his knees. How bad? Pretty bad. But it's just so frustrating at this point in my career till said in an interview with block asset. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for the way English MMA is going to see all these up and comers, Aspinall, Pimlet, Muhammad, all these guys. I'm so happy to see them in the position they're in, but it's so fucking frustrating for me at some same time. Cause I know my potential, I'm not down anyone, but I'm the fucking best out there, and I know that. In the training room, mm. we're talking about practice. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, it's just such a fucking press time for me at the moment because, listen, trolls don't bother me, but it's just these fucking comments and all these, even fighters like, oh, he pulled out. I'm like, mate, come to the gym, and I'll fucking take you out. I'm talking about practice. Mm. See me in the octagon. It's the only place that matters. I don't give a fuck what you can do in practice, you know? Yeah. Uh, he says, it's just so frustrating. It really is. I'm going to fucking low point. Yeah, it's tough. You know, you know, you hope like his career's been tough. Yeah, his career and then parts of his life. Yeah, tough. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully he figures out. He does have a lot of talent and, you know, he's, he's, he's entertaining a, too. He's, yeah, he's entertaining and it's a bummer to see, man. But, you know, unfortunately the story's not going, his movie's not going great right not now. Not right now. Wish him the best though. All right. So, Frankie Edgar is saying that he wants one more fight than to retire. So he wants someone that's in New York City. I think he's talking about uh, he'd love to fight Dominic Cruz. I'd be all about that. But Dominic Cruz fighting uh, our boy Cheeto. So mm -hmm. even in win, lose, or draw, Cruz should take that fight. It's Frankie Edgar. Yeah. Yeah. So just one more. I bet they give it to him. I don't know if it's going to be Cruz, but I bet they give it to him. All right. So the ESPN like it's best fighter list of the fighter list that came out the uh, mid-year awards 
So the best male and female fighters, here you go. Apparently, this one says it's a tie between Charles Oliveira and Volkanovski, but then other articles are saying it was actually Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira, that mm. one best male fighter. I would give to Volkanovski. I'd say both. Yeah. And best women's, Whaley Zane. Whaley, yep, mm-hmm. good for her. Most, Most improved. improved. Kevin Holland, interesting. Yeah. And this is pretty cool. Jack Della Madalena, best rookie. Little Australian getting some action. Best uh-huh. submission, Yuri versus Glover. Mm. I guess because the way it happened. Okay. Best knockout, Chandler, Tony Ferguson, that for sure. Definitely. And that's the best picture. I know. The get. other one was the best one, right? Yes. Face was like the that. Spartan kick, man. Yeah. Best fight, Glover, Texera, Yuri. You yeah. say because they're at the they're, they worst. They both had bad nights. Yeah. Best event, you agreed on this, right? By far. Yeah, UFC London. London, March 19th. That was a great fight. Yeah. This weekend's card's fucking stacked, too. Best on the mic moment, Chandler after defeating Tony Ferguson. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> oh, that was it. That's cool. Yep. And this is just funny. So, half of Eve, you know, he broke his nose versus RDA. So, he had to get surgery. So, the Justin got surgery. Mm-hmm. That's why he's, he's saying it's perfect for them to fight. Oh, it is. Yeah. That's a phenomenal fucking fight. Oh my God! Please make it happen. Yeah, and Fazeev's calling out for a reason. Is his best matchup to get to the title shot? Those other guys are grapplers. Badass striking match, dude. Oh my God! Yeah. All right, this sucks. ESPN Plus. It's got. It's going from six ninety nine to nine ninety nine per month in August. Three dollars. I don't know who's running Disney these days, but just doing an awful job. <laughs> Disney said inflation, no doubt. Nine ninety nine. Forty three percent more increase. expensive. Yeah. And then let's also make the pay-per-views more expensive. Annual plan from 69 to 99. That's ins- that's a huge huge ass jump. But whatever, got to do it. 43% increase. Yeah. I mean, you know. Mhm. 9.99 just don't buy a few Starbucks in a week and it makes up for it. <laughs> or just don't buy one. There's no drink under $3. I know, it's expensive there. I thought this was funny. This is Sean Strickland. I'm here with my boy, Diego, right? And I was like, after this fight, I'm going to buy me a fucking Hellcat, 700 horsepower, all the bling. Great car. But then I got knocked the fuck out. So now I'm like, what, the, what is this? I got the accent. What is this fucking thing? So, man, this is, this is what my life's come down to then. I found the fucking accent. The guy's all, God damn it. The guy have the biggest head in the world? He's a big dude, yeah. No, not No, no, I'm saying that, that, that dude, guy, yeah, the car guy. salesman. He looks like a wrestler or something. He looks like Kelvin Gaslam's <laughs> older brother. And uh, he po- someone posted this meme that that was pretty funny, That's too. That's hilarious. Yeah, iCarly. Fuck you all. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hilarious. And let's see. Oh, this is just training. I don't know. If, has this anything like this ever happened to you in training? Oh, no, absolutely not. So, But that is how Winkle John lost his eye. Yeah, well. I think it was. I forget what fighter did it. I don't think it was Holly Holm. I forget who was doing it. But uh, he was holding mitts, and they missed and hit his eye and cut his eye. That's how he lost his eye. Yeah, I heard it was like a like a, a long toenail, too, yeah, which is gross. Um, this is just another weird one. So Connor was in Ibiza for someone's birthday. I think it was his birthday, actually. Makes sense. And then uh, someone threw a hat at him. Okay. Thank you. 
wonder what the hat was. I don't know, but do you remember back in the day, Katzengano? If this loads I up, I wonder here. what the hat was that pissed him off. I mean, someone just threw a hat so at like, him. No, nah, but I but I think the reason he was pissed is because it was. Uh, Wait, why are you showing me this? <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah, yeah, and he slips it perfectly. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Great. This happened a while ago. Um, yeah, I wonder what the hat was mm-hmm. that that triggered him. Was it I a, mean, just someone throwing a hat at you. I don't think so. They had no. to be someone with a hat because he looked down at it and then he's pissed off. Yeah, he was pissed. Did did he want him to sign the hat or just toss the hat? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He looked pretty upset. He did. He stomped on it. And I think that's that it for current. Yeah. Uh, what time does this fight card start? Early. 12 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, your boy's going to see it. Saturday morning, I'll be watching us in San Diego from the Airbnb in San Diego because I'm on tour this Thursday, Friday, Saturday in San Diego, California, the Laugh Factory, downtown San Diego. Come get you some. Uh, Wednesday night, one show only, 10 p.m. Anthony Jeselnik, Trevor Wallace, Eric Griffin, very special guest, and myself, 10 p.m. show at the Hollywood Improv. Then Baltimore's August 4th through the 6th. Chicago one night theater show August 26th at the Den Theater in Chicago. Then I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin. Just announced Ontario, California, the Ontario Improv in Ontario, California, September 15th through 17th. Then I end September in Boston, which I can't wait. But San Diego, you are up this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday morning, I will be watching UFC London. There ain't nothing like a London card, especially when you got the fifth Beatle, Patty Pimlet on. The most famous man in Liverpool. Freaking food truck alumni. The boy's killing it. He has his toughest, toughest matchup yet against Jordan Levitt. Um, and I think your boy Patty gets it done. I'll pick it. Uh, I think he gets it done in the first round via uh, kind of flashy KO. I think a lot of people think he's going to submit him. I think he gets it done with a flying knee or some crazy shit. It's Patty Pimlet, for God's sakes. He's a special character. And Bear Jordan, he's the, the sugar in the tank guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah sweet yeah. and low. Guy, yeah. Jordan Levitt, sweet and low. Uh, but the card's fantastic. Uh, it kicks off with uh, Paul Craig. Paul Craig! Paul Craig, Vulcan, Ozdemir. Vulcan's oh. fallen at some tough times. Uh, I do worry about his confidence a little bit. I would take Paul Craig via submission. That's nothing new there. Molly the Meatball McCain uh, versus Hannah Goldie. I will take Molly. Uh, this one, this next one's interesting. You have Krylov versus Alexander Gustafin. Um, I know Krylov is the favorite here. I like Gustafin maybe because I have a sweet spot for the guy who's trained with him. He's a fucking monster. Um, if he was born on any other year, uh, you know, I'll give a five-year grace period there. He'd be your multi-time light heavyweight champion if there weren't guys like DC and John Jones around when he was in his prime. But here he is now. So, you know, this is all predicated off if you want to put your money on a guy, um, you don't know where he's at mentally. If he wants to be there, he could win the fight. If he doesn't, it's going to get ugly. Krylov's a fucking monster. Uh, but I'll take Gusvin anyways. Uh, Patty Pimlet, Jordan uh, Levitt. You know, tough fight for Jordan, big name fight, but you're in his backyard. Uh, Patty Pimlet, you could just have him on the card. He'd sell this bitch out. Uh, Pat, Patty's going to show out, continue the uh, the hype train, the Liverpool hype train. I'll take Patty Pimlet via uh, KO in the first round. Uh, this next one's interesting. Uh, you know, you got Jack Hermanson versus Chris Curtis. Um, it's even money. I think it's minus 110 on each guy. Chris Curtis off the short notice fight because Darren Till pulled out. I'd love to uh, see Darren Till versus Jack Hermanson, uh, but we're not getting it. So they call up Chris Curtis. Um, they're right there in the rankings. I think it's like eight and nine. I would take Hermanson. 
via uh, submission, late round submission. Uh, if he can get him down, I think he he, he gets it done. He gets the submission going. Then the main event. This is what I want to talk about. So in the main event, remember, um, you know, after Tom Aspinall's last win against Volkov, which was a phenomenal fucking victory, um, and you also had Tai Tuovasa get a big win too over uh, Derek Lewis. And I said, we're going to find out who the UFC wants to be champs. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, because the UFC went, let's just give uh, Tom and uh, Tai Tuovasa the worst matchups possible. So, you know, Tom's obviously undefeated in the UFC, speeds his advantage. He's always been the better athlete. This is the first time he's not the better athlete. Mm. Um, uh, you know, on undefeated in the UFC is what I mean. He has two losses outside the UFC, which I don't care about. He's undefeated in the UFC. And he's, uh, you know, three TKOs, two submissions. He's finishing everybody. He finished freaking Volkov. He finished Andre Arlovsky, which is impossible to do. He's had, uh, what, five fights in the UFC, and four of them are performance of the Knights. Um, you know, London, the UK in general, could use uh, heavyweight champ as their face of mixed martial arts. Right now it's Patty Pimlet. It really is. He, he's he's bigger than his record shows, and uh, he's bigger than uh, his experience. I think he'll get there, and I think that, like I told you, I think his train continues to steamroll on over Jordan Levitt. Um, that being said, you know, uh, this is the first fight, Tom Aspinall, who uh, is 100% as far as takedown defense goes. I will bet anybody that wants to bet Curtis Blades takes Tom down. I will guarantee you Curtis Blades takes Tom Aspinall down. Tom is a black belt on the ground. Like I said, a lot of Tom's victories have come from a speed advantage, and he's fought decent wrestlers. No, nobody like Curtis Blades. Uh, if you've seen what Curtis Blades did at Alistair Overeem, you'll rethink where you want to put your money on this fight. Curtis Blades is an underdog in this fight. Um, I'm half British. My mom, born and raised, uh, grew up with family with accents, shit like that. I always view... Uh, root for the English, always. Chris Blades trains with my former team. I talked to his head coach, Cody Donovan, last week. He was telling me how much of a monster Curtis is, how much better he gets every camp. Uh, I like to make money. The, you know, the one thing I like more than being English is making money. Uh, Curtis Blades being an underdog is insulting. I know it's in Tom Aspinall's backyard. I know Tom's a very good athlete. Curtis Blades right now in current day is a better mixed martial artist than Tom Aspinall. In no facet should Tom Aspinall be the favorite in this fight. Where they have him at? Plus 115. Tom Aspinall minus 135. Now you're assuming Tom Aspinall's takedown defense is as good as everyone thinks it is. And you're assuming Tom Aspinall can uh, TKO him either early or as the fight uh, gets into the later rounds. Curtis Blades has been battle-tested. There's not too many guys who can beat him, not named Francis Ngannou. Um, he's as tough as they come, man. You know, he, he, is that, he had the fight against Derek Lewis, um, but he's fought strikers before. I don't know if he's fought as well as around. Uh, you know, temp- the best thing about Tom Aspinall, he's a very good athlete. He's big. Uh, he's actually taller than Curtis Blades. Clearly has better striking. I don't know if he's as powerful as Curtis Blades when it comes to straight KO power. Um, and Curtis Blades is only getting better. Because Curtis Blades, he's starting to put together the striking with the wrestling. Now, Curtis Blades, his nickname is Blades for a reason because his elbow is his ground and pound. And also, 
rhymes with his last name. Um, but you know, Curtis Blades takedown. Once he does get you down, it's you, you. You don't have to worry about submissions. You have to worry about your face getting beaten to a pulp. I just can't say confidently that Tom Aspinall. Not only is, I guarantee he gets taken up. Guarantee you. Unless there's a Masvidal Ben Askren moment where Flying Knee knocks him out early on, I would bet my bottom dollar he gets taken down. What does he do off of his back? In most cases, unfortunately, if you're fighting Curtis Blades when you get taken down, it's a world of problems. You know, Tom Aspinall is a black belt. Is his guard black belt level? I don't. I don't know. It's it's gonna be tough to submit. Um, Curtis Blades, while you're getting beat in the face with elbows and ground and pound to pull off a, a triangle or a um, arm bar. You know, so I just look at this fight, 25 minutes, Curtis Blades is an underdog. I can't emphasize enough how much Curtis Blades doesn't give a fuck about flying out to London to be the main event. Does not care. Kid is a savage. I couldn't believe he's the underdog. I, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, I can't think of a worse matchup for Tom Aspinall than Curtis. They're, literally, in, if there's a fucking 500 heavyweights in this world, there could not be a st stylistically worse matchup than Curtis Blades for Tom Aspinall. What he does is exactly what Tom Aspinall doesn't do great. Now, he does everything very fucking well. That's why they're pushing him here. The winner of this, right there for title, title contentions. I just, if I'm the UFC, I think it kind of fucked Tom Aspinall. And I'm a massive Tom fan. Massive. I'm on his fucking train. I fucking hate this fight for him. Mm. Hate it. I don't think he wins. <gasps> hate to say it. Mm. Can't think of a worse matchup. I would much rather you put Tom versus Tai Tuivasa Clearly, it's not going to the judges. Clearly, somebody gets knocked out. Then sell that guy as the next champ. And then Tom versus Francis is a better matchup for him. Tom versus Derek Lewis is a better matchup for him. Tom versus fucking, uh, 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 um, what's, his, what's his name? The, the fucking monster. So athletic. Um, oh, Cyril Gang. Cyril Gang. Much better matchup. I'll give you... A thousand ways Tom Aspinall can beat Francis and Cyril Gunn, Stipe, Taito Avasa, Derek Lewis. It's going to be very tough for him to beat Curtis Blades. They are not doing any favors in his hometown. I can't emphasize enough how awful a matchup this is for Tom, and it pisses me off. <laughs> Tom versus Taito Avasa is a great fight. Curtis Taito Avasa, Curtis Molly Wapsom. But if you look at Tai Tuovasa and Cyril Gaon, you're like, if Tai lands, this thing's over. For Tom against Curtis, Curtis has been there with fucking monsters. Tom Aspinall's not, he doesn't have the power like a uh, Francis Gano, Derek Lewis, where if you make one mistake, you're, it's over. He's not that guy. He, now, as far as technique-wise goes, I would say he's more technical than Francis I'd say he's more technical on the feet than Stipe. He's not as technical as Cyril Gunn. He's more technical than Taito Avasa, more technical than Derek Lewis. Um, you know, he had that big win over uh, Alexander Volkov, which is huge. But he didn't have to worry about the takedown really against Volkov. He's going to be worried the entire time about a takedown of Curtis Blades. And if he gets taken down, it's a fucking nightmare. I know he's a black belt. I get all that. Forget about your black belt. 
Curtis Blades, eat your black belt for fucking breakfast. I hate this fight for Tom. If he pulls it off, dude, you won't. F I will fucking tell you right now. If he beats Curtis Blades, him, the chance of him being champion are highly likely. This is by far his biggest test. He should look at this like a championship fight. Because if you beat Curtis Blades in your hometown, there's going to be a worse matchup for you. You beat him, you finish Curtis Blades, we're going fucking Sizzler. I don't have Sizzlers around in London. We're going fish and chips or whatever the fuck you want to eat. Awful matchup for him. If he gets it done, hats off to him. Tough fight. I'll take Curtis Blades. I'll put my money on Curtis Blades. Hate saying that. Hate saying that. Hate these two are fighting. Hate the UFC decided to do Cyril Gunn tied to a... Tied to Avasa, Curtis Blades, Tom Aspinall. Should have been the opposite. Should have been Curtis Blades, Cyril Gaon, who have both had opportunities to fight for the title and haven't got it done. But Curtis Blades probably beats freaking Cyril Gaon. You know? He's wrestling so fucking good. He's a nightmare to deal with. He's only getting better. So have them fight and then have Tom and Tai Avasa fight. That's a phenomenal fight. That's a, such a fun fight. Tai Avasa right now in England doing shoes with the Brits, it's easy. But something's going on behind the scenes where they don't want Ty or Tom to come out on top. They gave him both their worst matchups fucking possible, which as far as marketing goes, makes no sense. You're telling me if Tom Asmon was your fucking heavyweight champion, you can't market that? You're telling me a guy tied to Avasa who's basically – Jack Black from Australia, but has knockout power. We can't market that over Curtis Blades, where he would be the face of the heavyweight division if he didn't lose, you know, those Francis and Derek Lewis fights. But outside that, not the biggest personality on there. Doesn't mind just taking down, making it boring. He'll tell you that too. Mm -hmm. he, before fights, I'm like, I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a boring fight. I'm taking him down, making it boring. Going to win the fight. UFC hates that. Saragon, we saw that. You know, he technical, you know, he's very technical, doesn't mind winning on the feet, boring decision. You're good, you're, you're investing in those guys. That's what they're doing. They're investing in those guys. It makes no fucking sense. I hate they did this to Tom, hate this to Tai Tuavasa. I hope both of them win. The chance of both of them winning is not good. If they do, dude, hats off. Then we're going to get that fight and I'll be so happy. That's the nature of the sport. I think UFC made a terrible mistake. Good luck, Tom Aspinall. I'm rooting for you, buddy. Uh, can't wait for this card. Can't wait to perform in San Diego. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, I will see you at the Hollywood Improv Wednesday night, 10 p.m. show. I will see you in San Diego this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And that's it, man. Tickets at thickboy.com. Love you guys. Enjoy the fights. UFC London. There ain't nothing like a London card. Um, that's it. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Love you. I'm out.